It is Monday, November 7th, and welcome to episode 147 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. So last week, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz went on a sales trip to China. He was looking to sell German vaccines and Airbus airplanes uh, to China. Now, this is notable because it was just a few days ago that uh, Chairman Xi Jinping appointed himself to a third term as China's ultimate leader. Uh, So we have one of the worst dictatorships in the world, the consolidation of power in one man in Beijing, and the Germans decided it would be a good idea to go there right after that happened to try and sell some of their German wares. Jamil, what do we think of this? I mean, it's a complete clown show, Les. I mean, I, this is it's crazy. Why would a strong, in theory, a strong U.S. ally, uh, you know, who who should recognize that the biggest threat to their security and safety in the long run is China? Why would they go to China, go on a trade mission, try to sell stuff to them? I mean, look, their trade with China is about as big as their trade with us. Ours is a little bit bigger. Some some years it changes, right? But it's largely the same size. Our trade with China is is three times their trade, and we're pushing back, and they can't afford to push back? It's ridiculous. Weak German sauce. Jones, uh, it doesn't seem totally insane from the German per, per, from the German perspective, at least in my mind. Uh, China is a huge part of Germany's supply chain. Uh, Germany has a ton of investments in China. Why wouldn't a guy like, like Olaf Scholz go there and try and sell some goods to the Chinese? Yeah, and just... As always, to be a thorn in the side, I'm not going to say Olaf was right in going. The timing is clearly terrible. But you do have the German vice chancellor, who's the economic minister, saying that they're not going to be naive about relations with China anymore. They've got lawmakers just like here in the U.S. who are anxious. They're nervous. They're they're reviewing trade deals. They're they're reviewing a trade deal of the uh, uh, Hamburg port. Um, You've got, you know, tensions in EU with you know, treatment of China's treatment of Lithuania. They've got human rights sanctions on China for the first time since 1989. So the the headwinds in Europe and in Germany look like they're trending one way. Olaf isn't making it easier with with going there, but I I think there's things to be positive about. And, you know, Les, we talk about diplomacy working sometimes. We also got, um, you know, Olaf talked to Xi and they're talking about um, you've got pressure on Russia to you know, tone down the rhetoric on the use of nuclear weapons. So, that, you know, that alone is helpful, right? So I think there's things that were positive, even though, you know, it, it, the timing's bad. Jamil, what, what do you make of this? I confess I'm a little cynical on the, on the nuclear thing, on this, this uh, comment that uh, Olaf Scholz got Xi Jinping to make about these threats from Putin using nuclear weapons in Ukraine or all of the kind of crazy stuff where Russia's saying Ukraine's going to launch a dirty bomb, that kind of thing. Is, that, is there anything real to that? Or is this just, is this just kind of a, a sugar coating over this bitter pill of German kowtowing to China? Look, I think it's ridiculous. I think this whole idea that China's pushing back on Russia and is trying to constrain them. I mean, China literally in September of this year talked once again about its no limits relationship with Russia, right? So this idea that somehow they're, 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 they're pushing back. They've done nothing to assist the coalition in our efforts to push uh, Russia out of Ukraine. Yeah, to the contrary, they've been running sanctions and the like. And so this idea somehow that the Chinese are good players, it's nice they say a few words here and there. Of course, they don't want people threatening the use of nuclear weapons. They're a nuclear armed state like we are. It's not good for anyone to threaten the use of nuclear weapons. That's obvious. But the idea somehow that the Chinese are a bulwark against Russian aggression, ridiculous. Jones, uh, this this is eerily reminiscent to me of 
what Germany was doing with Russia before Russia invaded Ukraine. Germany was cozying up uh, to the bear. They were importing all kinds of energy resources from Russia, still still are in many ways. Uh, but Russia, Germany explicitly uh, brought itself closer to Russia in an attempt to kind of moderate Russian behavior. It failed miserably. Here they are jumping right back into the same uh, strategy with China. Do you think it has a it will have a different result this time? I mean, I think that's why you see wariness on the part of Jim and lawmakers, this trip notwithstanding, right? They know what just happened in the Russia. They know that they can't cozy up with autocratic partner, uh, partners, colleagues, uh, like other countries, because this is what might happen. So you see them trying to think about how they may try to diversify their trade, right? I think, you know, they, just like the United States, they have a hard time that they rely right now on China for critical minerals for a lot of their technologies. And so how they start to decouple that, I mean, they, you know, we are having the same conversations here in the United States about how we strengthen our supply chain security, it seems as if this might be a great opportunity. I think Justin's exactly right. I mean, I think that, look, I, I, maybe I've been a little unfair to the Germans. I mean, they obviously have this really tough situation um, and they do they all do significant dependencies. I think what I'm really looking for out of Europe and in particular the Germans who ostensibly want to step up and be the leaders of Europe in a post-Brexit environment, right? They need to recognize fundamentally that they are better with the United States and that the bilateral Atlantic relationship is much more important than playing footsie with the Chinese, right? The Indians are sort of starting to learn that lesson. The Europeans, for some reason, seem to think that they can still play footsie with the Chinese and play footsie with us and it'll all work out fine. And the fact of the matter is, in the long run, Germany is better off with us than against us. They got to figure that out. And that's really what I'm pushing for. I don't disagree with Jess at all that it, it, these are hard things. Like, we're having a hard time decoupling. You're exactly right, Jess. But, like, they got to make that choice. They just got to be adults and play the game. And this trip is a step in the wrong direction, in my view, for Scholz. I think that China is actually hurting itself in its relations with Germany, right? You see the trade surplus, Germany's trade surplus with China basically diminishing, almost vanishing. They're just like the U.S. targets of intellectual theft in the huge, vast amount, right? So they're actually, like Germany is rethinking its relationship with China because it's actually harming them at times, right? And so China is not doing itself any good, any, um, good service right now. I think I'm going to come down on Jaffer's side, amazingly. I think this trip was a huge mistake. Now, realistically, we can't totally t take the West, untie the West from the Chinese economy. It's too big. The interrelationships are too deep. Uh, there are going to be supply chain issues no matter what we do with China. Uh, for example, just for the United States, our, our biggest trading partner is China. Uh, we are China's biggest trading partner. We can't totally undo that relationship. We should be strategic about it. We should focus on certain sectors. We should focus on high tech and, uh, and health, the healthcare area. Other places, we should, we should go ahead and have a good trading relationship with China. That doesn't mean that someone like Olaf Scholz should be going to Beijing just a few days after Xi Jinping anointed himself basically dictator for life. That's outrageous. The Germans shouldn't be doing that. They should have learned the lesson from their embrace with the Russians and shame on them. So the next question becomes, what should the Biden administration do seeing this unfold before their eyes? Jaffer? Well, I mean, they should do what they always do, which is absolutely nothing. Right. I mean, you know, the, the standard Biden position, you know, hug everybody in. It's great that everybody's doing what they're doing. Right. Actually, I'm just kidding. The, the, actually, the, the Biden administration's done a decent job. The Germans were not on board with the pushback on Russia and Ukraine. They did a great job getting the Germans up their defense budget. So actually, I think the Biden administration's done a decent job here. They got to box our team in. They got to bring us together. I actually think that in this case, unless you're, gonna, you're not going to believe this, 
<laughs> Diplomacy with the Germans is the right thing. Jess, I'm on your side on this Woo! one. I know. I said it. Part of Diplomacy. Hug I disagree. I disagree. Let's oh. bring back bring back the Trump policy. Let's shame the Europeans. It, at the end of the day, they're going to be with us. Let's call them out for their bad behavior. I think it's a healthy thing for America to be doing. I like doing it. I think it's kind of part of our, our uh, cultural heritage anyway. Let's call out the old world, old world when they're doing the wrong thing. Uh, Joe, Biden, Joe Biden needs happened? to learn how to do that. I mean, Jess, you get the last word. I mean, come on. I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> like, less, less 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 a, a of shaming. I, I can't even argue with that. I mean, just I, I have to let less just for on the, just for his arguments right there on the merits list. Just you win. You take it. That's a wrap. Thanks to Gabriel Otis from NSI and Claude Jennings for their help producing today's episode. Join us again this Wednesday for the next installment of Fault Lines, our podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security debates shaking up America.